Some movies are highbrow, some movies are lowbrow. Welcome to Highbrow Lowbrow. I'm Josh Kirschbaum. I'm Cooper Gagan. Each week we pick a topic and talk about two movies that fit that topic, one highbrow, one lowbrow, except this week we don't do that because every other week we do a little casual no-brow episode. It's an early morning edition. It's a very, very special edition. I hate edition. it. <laughs> I'm so upset. <laughs> we, we thought of our last episode that we recorded at 1 a.m. and we thought, wow, what if we did this one early in the morning instead? That will solve our problem. It's worse. It's way worse. <laughs> because, as we've said before, we work in production. Our schedules are strange and hard to predict. Uh, my, my life is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> this will be our most up-to-date episode, though. This is coming at you very soon before the episode True. drops. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to let too much in behind the curtain. I guess we can. This I don't know why I'm like, being coy. But this it's, is like six days to air levels of currency. Yeah, this is going to be very... I'm going to have to be... Well, I'm not going to be super sneaky at work, but I'm going to have to edit and, and put this thing out. And, and it, it's going to be a real photo finish. But I'm really excited for this episode. Yeah. We've got some cool stuff. It's going to be very fun. And you know what the really funny thing is? Is that... This is going to be our recorded most up-to-date episode, but we're going to be answering fewer mailbag questions from like four weeks ago. <laughs> right, we are not taking advantage of the format at all, which is, I think, fair because as we talked about yesterday, uh, the news is bad and depressing. Yeah, and I think if we if we commented on what was happening in the news, it would just end up bad for us and for our listeners you, and for we America. Have, we have nothing special to say. We're very, I think, we're very good at talking about movies, and I think that's our zone, and we're going to stay there. Like, like normally with this episode, we go to Deadline or like Variety, and we see what's in the news like you know like uh, like mostly like entertainment news but just like the industry in general and we looked at the headline and we were like jesus christ things are bad out there yeah so instead we're going to take you back to a simpler time three weeks ago when you responded to my instagram post saying that i will I I can't I, I, I should have I should have put the text I'm so bad at it's preparing fine. this. You I, asked you solicited our listeners for input and question things to read on air, questions to ask us, things topics. So yeah, my prompt was I will read literally anything not I, we will we. read literally anything that anybody types into the question prompt in the thing. If it's a statement, if it's a question, if they're saying mean things to us. Right, the one thing is that if they say anything overtly like racist or bad, we will say it but bleep it. Right. Well, we'll we'll see. No, we'll, we'll say it. We'll see. Uh, but okay, if they say things, yeah, if they think it's like offensive, like, yeah, if it's anything offensive, we're still gonna say it. It'll here, just get bleeped out. But it'll get bleeped. Okay, but like I'm not like offensive. Like you know, like I think puppies are evil. Like I don't, I don't think that. Yeah, we're not gonna bleep that. We're not gonna bleep that. I mean, well, because I'll decide because Josh thinks that. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I know we've got the questions lined up. Yeah, Josh has not seen these. I have seen them. Do you want me to just go ahead and click the first one? We can get going. Yeah. Okay, we're good. We're diving right in. Uh, and I think are we gonna ask? Are we gonna say who's who's saying the questions? If yeah. we know them. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah, you can you can read the username, okay. and then if you know who it is, you can say who it is. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, our first question comes from McGonalogs. Yep. Eric, uh, we good know, friend of we ours. Him. Yep. Thank you for being, uh, assuming that he was the first one to answer, just because that's the order these are in. Yeah, he's like, the, yeah. Awesome. Love well, it. no, I, I shuffled them a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, Eric, anyway. His question is, if you had to choose a movie that plays on repeat to torture someone, what would it be? That's a very good question, I think. Because uh, the first one, like, okay, you think of, like, you know, the Barney movie or just, like, famous bad movies, yeah. you know? But, like... Ooh, I just found. I just learned about a good one for this. I feel like the best one would be something that's like very repetitive. Like I feel like even bad or something that's very bland. Yeah, my my pick is um, Luxie Turner. Have you heard of that? Oh, the new Gaspar Noé movie. Yeah, because it's just a lot of strobing lights. 
Oh, yeah, that and, would like, be really rough. It's like designed to make you want to vomit. Yeah, I think that would be a lot. Okay, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna zig a little bit here. Okay. I think if you really want to torture someone, you'd pick their like favorite movie. Oh, and so they hate it. Yeah, because because what happens when you watch a movie like over and over again? Yeah, you know, I had to do this for a, for a project once where I had to like I had to watch the the movie as it was being developed. So like every day I watch the movie, mm-hmm. it just becomes noise. Yeah, like, you become completely unable to actually connect to it in like an emotional way, in a comedy way. It's just like sounds and lights. So I think that's what you do. I think you pick like you find out what their favorite movie is. You pick like a great movie that they love. Um, I actually don't know what Eric's favorite movie is, but like that would be you know I, I'd pick it's Waterworld. Funny, I'd pick uh, Once Upon a Time of Hollywood for you, but you do that already. You're yeah, impervious to this to form say, of torture. A lot of people, <laughs> if this were true, if what you were saying was true, a lot of people would hate The Office. This is true. A lot this is true. of people would hate The Office. But I'll say this: What if they only ever watched Scott Stotts? Do you know sure. what that is? No. Oh, Scott Stotts is the cringiest episode of The Office where. Mike, I, I only know because of legend, but apparently the plot is Michael, uh, you know Steve Carell's character, years ago like promised uh, a like a school, like a, like an underprivileged school that he would give them like a million dollars to all go to college because he assumed he'd have a million dollars. Oh, and I, then he has to go yeah. to the school and tell them they're not going to college. That is funny. Yeah, I mean it's rough. I was imagining tater tots. <laughs> I thought he was going to start a tater tots company. Yeah, that would be more wholesome. Yeah, I'm somewhere out there. There must be like. Office fans who have like pitched that as like a food truck or office stands. Office stands. I don't like the the fact that stand has become like the default term for fan <laughs> because they're it's stands a specific thing. Well, it started in the hip hop world. It it's, started it, in the Eminem's the Eminem world. Well, oh, it started oh, yeah. in the song, but like then using stand as a as describing fandom. I first saw it on like hip hop message boards. Sure, yeah, like mostly you know hip hop heads on, on Reddit, which is where I first like saw. It. But I think it just. It just sort of metastasized. But it's also like it, it gets used kind of to describe any level of fan where really it means a like rabid fan who would tie you up and put you in the trunk of a car yeah. and drive off a cliff or whatever happens. Right. Song. And now it just, you're you know, just like, yeah, you're like somebody who kind of likes whatever. <laughs> it's not his fan. Yeah. It's just a guy. Uh, Right. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Okay, the only other thing I could think of for this prompt is maybe something like Speed Racer, which is just like an, like, like you said, like an that's overwhelming. Ba- yeah, that's like Lux Eterna. Yeah, that's all I can really think of. All right, all right, I'll do the next one. I think we'll alternate. Okay, okay. All right, give us favorite highbrow, lowbrow directors from Noah Rosen. This, uh, this th- one's thanks for the funny question, Noah. Because it's not really a question, more of a command. <laughs> <laughs> but you, the question's there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a, there's an implied question, but it's more <laughs> of a command to, for us to do something. Which, to be fair. Was he did follow the prompt? It just said, "I will read what we we will read whatever they say." Right. Uh, I mean, this is a tough one because we're both like film people. You know, I could list like a zillion. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and Let's think. Give us a a favorite. I'll try and think of the highest. You know, someone's like, "Oh, that's a fancy, fancy person," or "That's a very lowbrow person." Um, I feel like I mean, highbrow. It's got to be like someone like you know, like Fellini or Kurosawa. Or, well, Kurosawa. Yeah, yeah highbrow just because you know being a f- an old foreign filmmaker. Yeah, I'm going to go Jean Luc Godard. Yeah, I mean the, that. Yeah, I'll go with Fellini then, just because. I mean, I I, th- I could probably think of other directors who I might be like more than Fellini, but like in terms of that intersection of how highbrow he is mm-hmm. and how good he is. Yeah. Um, and I think that's not going to be a surprise to know. I've I've spoken a lot with him about how, like I I know Fellini is like the shorthand for like a eh, fancy film person, but like Fellini fucking rules. Yeah. And no, blah, sometimes blah. there's a good reason why they are known as the default of whatever right yeah, oh yeah. and then for me lowbrow john waters it's gotta be yeah i think that that tracks yeah yeah um for me um 
You know, I'm, I'm trying to think of just like a, a good action director. I mean, it's sort of like cheating to say someone like Gareth Evans who directs the Raid movies. Mm. You know, that's not like that, like that's a little highbrow just because they're not well known. But like those are always like bloody, like really violent action you know, movies. John Woo. Yeah, like John Woo, you could put up there. Like that's funny. The first person I thought of was Zack Snyder, who's not even a director I like love that much. But he is he is like a master of the medium of the lowbrow movie. Right. I think he's very interesting. Like I I don't know. Like, he does something like, very interesting stuff. And he does have movies I do really like. Um so I guess I'm hedging my bets a little bit, but um um yeah, I guess Gareth Evans is the one I'd go to the most just because just the greatest action movies ever. All right. Well, that's the the raid guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. raid's great. Yeah, yeah. Shout out, shout out. If you haven't seen the raid and you're alive and you like movies where people punch people, like what are you doing? And if you're dead. Hey, yeah. if you're a ghost and you're listening to our podcast, watch the raid. Oh, cool thing I saw online. Uh, so apparently, the way they like they uh, planned out how they were going to shoot the raid. Oh, I thought it was going to be about ghosts. No, okay. no, it's about the raid. So Gareth Evans, you know, the whole thing was he lived in um, he lived in Indonesia mm-hmm. and um, or lived in Jakarta, and he was going to and he just was like filming like documentaries about martial arts people, and like that's how he met these guys. And so the way they like blocked it out, like he they basically just like went to walk, rented out an empty apartment, and then he would just like stand there with a camera. And he was like, okay, do something cool. And he like try and like find the right angle for it. And he was like, okay, wait, do, do it again. And then he like just kind of stand there. And some of that footage is online of them like figuring out the choreography and the how they're going to film it. Oh, it's yeah. actually really interesting. That's cool. Uh, next question? Yeah. Another one from uh, Mr. McGonalogs. What is your most unpleasant movie watching experience? Mine is watching Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song with my dad as a 15-year-old. <laughs> it was not great. That's that's yeah yeah funny I have a similar one which is um my watching Miami Vice in theaters because yeah, yeah. you know that whole thing is like, it's Michael Mann fancy film person it's Miami Vice a TV show my parents loved when they back and it came out and uh so I went to go see it just like yeah it's like my mom was like let's see this movie like our thing connecting with your thing like you know like that perfect like synthesis of like like all our interests aligned and that movie is so much sex in it yeah <laughs> like weirdly a lot that goes on for a long time and the movie's also like pretty inaccessible yeah so i was both bored and upset <laughs> and like uncomfortable yeah. um although i've heard people have kind of reclaimed that movie a little bit that's funny yeah for sweet sweetbacks if you don't know sweet sweetbacks badass song is like a black exploitation movie by is it Melvin Van Peebles or Mario Van Peebles? I can't remember which I believe, one. This. I believe Melvin's the older one. Okay, by Melvin Van Peebles. And it has a lot of unsimulated... It has a couple unsimulated sex scenes in it. <laughs> I think he got like syphilis over the course of the movie because he was in the unsimulated sex scenes. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a crazy uh, crazy movie to watch, but maybe not with your parents. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. It was, and the reason that we watched it was because um, Badass, the documentary by Melvin... Mario Van Peebles had just come out. So like right. on NPR, there's all these interviews with, with Mario. Um, it was just like in the news, in like entertainment yeah. news a lot about how it was like this really good documentary about this movie. And I was like, oh, let's watch the movie. And we got on Netflix. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I have, I've heard the documentary is very good, though. I want to I check it Still out. Still haven't seen it. Really? Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I believe Criterion just released is or is releasing soon like a, a, Melvin, uh, a Melvin Van Peebles box set. Oh, um, which and I think the documentary is on there. Um, so I know I've always been meaning to check that out, but I've heard, but that that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, like the the movie is really crazy. It's a sweet Supac. He's like a superhero who's good at fucking. That's like his <laughs> that's like his superpower. He's really good at fucking. Uh, ne- next question. Yeah. All right. This wait. one's you. Uh, okay. Wait. Wait. Oh, okay. What controversial statement would get you canceled by cinephiles? I mean, I'll he doesn't say he doesn't say a controversial statement about movies. Just any statement. <laughs> I believe there's a certain answer that you're he's the fishing slat. for. 
Honestly, they're at this point, I don't think they. I don't think anyone care. No. At this at this point, the bar is so low. Yeah. Like, there's so much like evil shit out there. If someone's like, I feel like we can just put up put up with the flat earthers. We can put a pin on the flat earthers for now. Yeah. While we move on to other stuff. Uh, I don't know, Cooper got a controversial statement. I mean, I don't like Alfred Hitchcock. I think he's overrated. Right, and that think, and the Jimmy Stewart thing are probably the two. Yeah, for you. those yeah. Are probably. I mean, and the funny thing is, we did an Alfred Hitchcock movie with Jimmy Stewart, and I did enjoy it. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I don't actually think this anymore. But, but maybe that's the exception uh, that that proves the rule. Could be because yeah. I I took like a, the one god we didn't have any film classes in college, and the one I took was a Hitchcock class, and it just really <laughs> drove in my hatred of Hitchcock. <laughs> that's yeah i mean we've talked a lot about that yeah. i think that's probably got to be it because hitchcock is like you know he's, yeah. he's hitchcock yeah uh, um he is that's a true statement yeah th- that's a tautology right there yeah. uh controversial statement get you canceled by cinephiles i mean i've spoken about my love of Zack snyder sucker punch before yeah that's, prob- actually, that's yeah, probably that, that the actually line. would get you canceled like <laughs> like regular like, can- like culturally canceled right right i mean and, and to clarify i very much acknowledge that the movie has like is problematic, but like my read on it is sort of that a lot of the ways it's problematic are kind of what it's about, like textually as a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think it's all very much about like the like how like women are treated in nerd cultures and nerd stories specifically, uh, and I think it's really interesting in that way. I also acknowledge that this is uh, I'm maybe the only one on the planet with this take. Yeah, my opinion is that that take should make you go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I was like, like I'm not. I've, it's hard for me to like beat the drone because I've done the thing. Uh, yeah, we've like, talked about it on this podcast. Right. And I've done things with like friends where I'm like, trust me, this movie's great, and I've shown it to them. They're like, no, 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 this movie's fucking trash, Josh. And but like every time I watch it, I'm just like, yeah, no, I actually think this is kind of brilliant. About like, it feels like it's deconstructing itself. I don't know. I'm maybe maybe I just like saw it at the right time. And I guess it's just we have like to do an episode about it. I the thing is, I think you're just gonna hate it too, and it's just gonna be like a really weird. Like we're not gonna have much I've to talk seen about. It. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, but that's it. That that's the most controversial film opinion I have is that Zack Snyder's Sucker Punch is not only his best movie, but also like a genuinely really good movie. All right. Um, uh, don't at me, please. Uh, <laughs> next question. Wait, is it me? Uh, uh, no, this one's me. Okay. This one comes from uh, Meliza Stone. Yep. Uh, Martine. It's funny, I'm only getting questions from one household. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. how it broke down that way. Yeah. <laughs> she is married to Eric. Right. If you don't, if for the for the four listeners who aren't our direct friends, uh, you guys are going to listen to your own podcast driving to and from Coachella. Also, not a question, but you did say to read it. And we we'll, have to read it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, me and Cooper did not drive together to Coachella, so we didn't listen to it then. I didn't listen to it. And driving back, we listened to the soundtrack to Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stop. Oh yeah, that was really fun. Which is. Fantastic! It's very it's good. Also, a lot of like B sides on that album yeah. that were not in the movie. I really yeah, recommend it. <laughs> uh, I feel like they just made a bunch of songs, right? And then they wrote the movie around it. I mean, kind of. Yeah, or they just yeah they have a, they have a bunch of songs that aren't in the movie. They're great, right? It's ba- the movie. Yeah, that album's basically like the three songs you remember from the movie, and then just like a bunch of Lonely Island B sides that are like just too kind of weird to yeah. be SNL skits. Uh, but I have listened to my own podcast while driving around. Um, just I have to as like, well. Right. It's 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 to check the levels and stuff. Yeah, very just like to see how we come off. Yeah. You know, it's like you just want to like hear, you know, it's one thing to be editing it and so that to just be driving around casually listening. I haven't done it in a while though. Yeah, I haven't done it as much. It also kind of helps to hear it from a car speaker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because the levels are slightly different than on the headphones. Yeah, it's a thing from uh, um uh you see the movie once? No. Uh, Wait, the- yes? Maybe. Is that the one with the 
Yeah, they're yeah. Irish. They play music. They yeah, fall in love. I've seen that one. I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the thing where they like record a song and then like the test is they they put it on a cassette tape and they drive around listening to it. Yeah. Uh, so we're like that. Yeah, we, we are exactly <laughs> like once the film once. Uh, you're up. Okay. What are your thoughts on communism from that guy you know, which is my cousin Spencer? Oh, hey Spencer. Thank Thanks you. for listening. Thank you, Spencer. <laughs> Uh, is Spencer actually a communist? I want to know if he's no, like okay. No, he's, so he's just, just trolling he's just, us. He's, he he okay. actually he understood he understood the prompt, which is to <laughs> but which is to fuck with us. <laughs> uh, most, most of these questions are very genuine. I was expecting a lot more people just making us say dumb shit. <laughs> Cooper, what are your thoughts on communism? You know, it's great in theory. Doesn't work as well in practice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it feels like that that was a canonical take growing up. Yeah, you know, it seems like there's a lot of. Uh, a lot more communism love online, but that might just be like Twitter being weird. Yeah, I feel like we don't, you don't see a lot of like actual working communist states. They're more of, uh, you know, secret dictatorships. Right. Yeah. And funny, the only, the only my, my one communism story is just that when we were going to a lot of the um, uh, Black Lives Matters protests in like 2020, mm. uh, a couple of them, there would just be people passing out pamphlets for like, join the LA like communist party. Oh. And I remember thinking like one, like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Like I'm not a communist. Yeah. Um, you know, if it works for you, great. Not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and also, I thought like really not the time to be like capitalizing on shit. Like, like this really should this moment really well, should. Actually, no, be, they're communists. They're not capitalists, Josh. right? They're, they're not the time to be communizing on it's, shit. It's actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the opposite of capitalism. <laughs> like, if there was ever an opening for me to like pivot into the far left and become a communist. Like that opening was very much closed when like people tried to hijack like uh, a protest in for like against police brutality for like hey you want to join you want to join the communist party and it's like that's that was very off putting so that one like you yeah. know the old couple who was doing that you come set on your cause, you set your cause back come on L A communists if somehow you Tighten are up. listening Tighten to this up. podcast <laughs> you gotta read the room yeah that is not the time to recruit communists you idiots. <laughs> Um, yeah, I wish I had more complex thoughts on communism. I really don't. Yeah, I don't have. I don't have really complex thoughts on anything political. There's some good movies came out of communist Russia in the in the you know. Yeah, Tarkovsky was around there. Yeah, yeah, Tarkovsky's great. We love Tarkovsky. Stalker. Yeah, watch Stalker. I haven't seen Stalker. God damn it! It's yeah, so this long. Is a wreck for you. Watch Stalker. <laughs> it's so long. All right, next. I was going to say we could do Stalker versus um, Annihilation, but Annihilation is also pretty high, bro. Uh, next question. Again, from the same household. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the next one you get won't be from Eric. Okay, okay. Give lowbrow movies highbrow names and vice versa. Okay, uh, let's do it for our last for our last episode or no, whatever. If you can think of a good one, this what, one's kind of tough. I I don't understand highbrow names. Just like a, like a name you would give a person, like a like, like cha- a, Chauncey. I, I think like a fancier like Weekend at Bernie's would be like the like. The pain of death. Oh, oh, oh! Take a lowbrow movie yeah. and give it a highbrow name. Yeah, or Weekend at Bernie's would be Imitation of Life. Right. Yeah. Which also, by the way, is a great movie. Yeah. Um, oh, that's very good. I really, I like this question a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the best way would probably do. Yeah. I think the the lowbrow movies we've covered on the podcast. Yeah. Um, um, species. <laughs> that's tough. That's just one word. That's funny. Funny. Species already is highbrow. <laughs> and I also will say that like some of them, you could just give them the name of like species. You could call under the skin. Oh yeah, right. Like you could just give it the highbrow name. I mean, that doesn't work at all for Weekend at Bernie's. You can't just call it the talented Mister Ripley. <laughs> I mean, maybe you change Bernie's name to Ripley. Yeah, it doesn't work at all. <laughs> no, not even a little bit. Um, oh, oh wait, okay, wait. Talented Mister Ripley, lowbrow name. It'd be like 
right. R- Ripley's, Ripley's dead. He he, he did. He 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 dead, but he he not dead. The trouble with Tom, and it's just like <laughs> Tom's a scamp. <laughs> Tom, and the poster is just like Matt Damon, just giving like a real Jim from the Office face, like who else but me? Killed him with Nor. I'm such a rascal. He's like Mr. Bean, but he. Kind of what the movie is, though. He just sort of like like stumbling his way into murdering people by yeah, accident. Yeah, it's Mr. Ripley, but the Mr. Bean font. Yeah. Um, it's funny because like some of the title. Okay, so like you know, like uh, uh, road trip, like Euro trip. Like what? what what's the highbrow title of Euro trip? Oh, oh, uh, the adventure, adventures in Europe. I don't know. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, in search of love. My yeah. summer with Mike. Oh, that actually does sound, yeah. Mika, yeah, it does sound very fancy. Yeah, and then Little Miss Sunshine, I mean, that, that title mean, could go either way. It's it's kind of funny because it is a lowbrow title a little bit mm-hmm. for a highbrow movie. It already is. Yeah, it's just sort of one of those, it's just like what the thing yeah. is. You know, you take a, I mean, I don't know, I guess you could give it like a higher brow title. Do you, no. That's no, lowbrow. I'm going to bleep that out. <laughs> you're gonna that's, what it, that's what it's about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bleep that out, and you're going to thank me <laughs> There's for There's no it. way that can be taken out of context. <laughs> I'm bleeping that out. Okay. Um, Didn't expect just a random bleeping. I thought it would be one of the questions. <laughs> um, I think... Want to do one more? What, 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 what other movies have we talked about on this podcast? It's also true. I mean, Tombstone. Oh, it would be... Wait. A highbrow... Well, that's the middle brow. So right. It be, yeah, it would be... <laughs> I mean, whiter. Okay, here's what, Rear Window and Disturbia. Oh, How okay. would you flip those? Well, Disturbia, it would be like voyeurs or something. or like Right. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. It would be something yeah, something like very like artful. Yeah. You know, or like my, yeah, like watching. the eye, eyes looking out of window. The eyes of Shia LaBeouf. So he has Tammy Faye. Yeah. And then Rear Window, to make it lowbrow, it'd be like the peeper. Or my, my leg broke. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yep. Okay, all right. It is the early. I like, I, like, <laughs> I like the peeper because <laughs> I, I bet you there is a movie called the peeper. Because there's like, definitely a movie called the peeper. There used to be like that would just be the name of like, the isn't blankers. That, isn't that like a um? Well, there's Peeping Tom. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. Which of. is like a very good movie. Who's that by? Uh, uh Powell and Pressburger. Oh. Who did like um, the red shoes and black narcissists and uh, oh, okay? Um, it's sort of like Psycho before Psycho or after. It's like it's very he like kills people, but he like stabs them with like a camera, so he gets a picture of them as they're dying. Oh, like a point, I've heard of this. Pointing under the camera, very yeah. good movie. I was thinking he just gets like a picture of like their lungs. There's also a great so movie. the camera's not on the end of the knife; it's like at the base of the knife. There's a movie called The Tingler, yeah, with Vincent Price, and the idea is that there's like yeah shingles. It's an alien, or it's like a monster. That's like it attacked infects you and it's like it makes you feel a little like like tingle in the back of your spine. Yeah. And the way they like did it, they set up little like things in the seats in the theaters where it would show. Oh. So Princess Price would be like, and now like if it could be any one of you could have it, and then like everyone go like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we had video for that. All right. All right. Next question. It's you. Okay. That Slater guy was really cool. You should have him back from Michael Slater. I actually agree. Yeah. Mike, I think Michael's very cool. Yeah. Considering one of my closest friends. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and, and he was a good guest. It was a great episode. It was good to have him on the on the uh on the Vegas episode especially. Yeah, as an expert on Vegas. And we yeah. got that Slater bump. We did, unironically. Yeah. 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 It and seems like it seems like people like it when we have guests. I think we those episodes have done well. Yeah, yeah. And we got, you know, for those listening, we got we got a few more in the works. We're trying to figure out the scheduling and the, right, and yeah. the timing of. And uh, I think we're excited for the 
for some of those episodes. Uh, but yes, yeah, Slater guy, very cool. We should have him back. Michael, uh, I'm going to see you in less than an hour when I go to work. Why don't you just give me some, some picks? <laughs> Even though you're not going to hear this until maybe I'm never. He's not going to hear it that much after. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's going to be tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. 12 hours after that. Um, I'm so glad you got this next one. This is a very fun one. Okay. I mean, I actually can't answer this. Too. I can answer it too. Anyone should be able to. That guy, you know, your cousin Spencer. Yep. Okay. Ask. How, oh, how? I didn't use the how. <laughs> how do women poop and pee out of the same area? Well, the thing is, Spencer, that they don't. No, separate holes. Right. The separate, answer is separate, separate holes. Separate holes. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's very... It, that's that's the basic anatomy of it Josh, all. Josh, women poop. They, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> always, that's what you're saying. I always say it. Every morning, I've always said every morning it. I wake for years, up, I've been I get it. out of bed, I go up my bathroom, look in the mirror, and say women poop, and then I go back to bed because I'm depressed and <laughs> hate my life. And then I drive over here and record a podcast. Yep. <laughs> All right, Spencer. Thank you for understanding the the pre- the promise of what we of this prompt, which is that you can fuck with us really heavily. <laughs> All right, Cooper, what's the next question? Would you consider... This one's a little bit more existential. Would you consider your life to be highbrow or lowbrow, and how could that change from Eric again? Interesting question. I would go lowbrow, and it could change if I sold the script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because you think highbrow or lowbrow, you'd think of, like, fanciness. Yeah. You know, and, like, yeah, I got my... And I'm recording next to my bed. Next to my unmade bed. And, like, what I do, like, I I mean, I watch highbrow movies, but, like, you know, mostly just watch movies, play video games, hang out with my friends. You know, I'm not, like... Uh, um, painting pictures, or I mean, I read. You books. could do that. I could paint pictures. I mean, it depends what I'm painting. Yeah, I guess being. I was thinking of a highbrow in terms of like financial, right? Which is not necessarily highbrow, but it does mean when you have more money, it unlocks very like like you can't going to the Met Gala is very highbrow, and you can't do that unless you have money. Yeah, is my understanding. Or you or you need to be famous. But if you're famous enough to go to the Met Gala, you probably have money. Yeah, because you you have to like. By a dress shaped like a skyscraper or whatever it is. God, I would love to go to the Met Gala. They do it seems there. so fun. Yeah, Met Gala was like two days ago. Yeah. Like people people like to roast it because it's like rich people acting silly and fancy, but they don't seem to understand that's the point of the Met Gala. That's what I want rich people to be doing. That's yeah. like what they're good at. Let's yeah. just let them do what they're good at. The like, Oscars is the dumb one. Like Between the Met Gala and the <laughs> Oscars, the Oscars is the dumb one because it's them, like rich people acting like they're important, where the Met Gala is them understanding they're silly. <laughs> I also like the Oscars, but that's because I like the movies. But then again, the, the Oscars, I feel like, become less. Yeah, I mean, like the red movie. carpet part. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're wearing dresses. I, they should one year, like, put a theme for, like, what you get dressed up as at the Oscars. That would be fun. Like, like the Met Gala does. Yeah, it'd be like a movie theme, and nobody would get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would consider my life to be pretty lowbrow. Um, I don't think, just in terms of, like, fanciness, you know? Although, I will say, I can often be very inaccessible, like, as a man, and inaccessibility is something we consider highbrow. <laughs> like I'm hard to get along with. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and yeah, how could that change? More money? I guess I could, um, you know, like pick up hobbies that are a little more like fancy. You know, I could like hike on top of mountains and like paint pictures and stuff. That Is hiking be... highbrow? I think hiking to paint feels. Oh, highbrow. hiking to paint. Oh, hiking so you have like your easel over your shoulder, right? And like smoking out of a pipe, wearing like a captain's hat. Okay, well, yeah. If you add all that on it, yes. that's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is that I could do without too much. I mean, I I have like bad knees, so I couldn't pick a tall mountain, but I could like hike while carrying. You're the easel. first guy who would not paint because he has bad knees. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be the first. Yeah, okay. Sure. Uh, Next question. Oh, last question. Yeah. Uh, from Alex Holmes. When am I going to be a guest on the podcast? Uh, I don't know. I mean, 
DM us. Yeah. Tell us which movies you want. Yeah. I don't even this so Alex, he's uh he follows us on Instagram. He's comment he's like we've talked to him via comments. Thank you for listening, Alex. Yeah, thank we you. Lo- we love you. We appreciate you. Yeah. Mailbag. Resounding we success. We did it. We did Resounding the mailbag. Resounding success, <laughs> I think. Um, yeah. Funny, I did get tripped up by some of the, like, you know, uh, um, the highbrow, lowbrow, like, getting into it. Because funny enough, even though it's the name of the podcast, like, what is highbrow and what is lowbrow is often very hard to pin down. Mm-hmm. You know, we do a lot of talking before the episode starts of, like, deciding what movies are highbrow and lowbrow. Because it's often, like... If we don't agree, or it's kind of hard to tell, or there's, you yeah, know, there's a there's a broad middle ground. There is the rare quantum brow, <laughs> yes. as we learned, the constantly oscillating brow, right? Um, oh, and I will say, if I missed your question, it's possible I missed a question or two. I don't think I did, but if I did, well, we're going to do this again. We'll get you in the next time. One hundred percent. This is a lot of fun. Um, I think it led to some fun little stories. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I is I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, maybe for some of these it would help for us to like read it beforehand and like kind of think of our answers but right. i think it's kind of more fun when you don't see it coming right I, especially the, the the poop and the pee question yeah was was a delight thank you spencer <laughs> more easier to answer than the communist one <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it's a little less nuanced yeah um although yeah, i have pretty clear answers on both communism not for me women poop and pee I didn't also not for you <laughs> <laughs> uh all right uh, next topic? Yeah. Okay. Um, so this was, uh, I guess we came with this topic a little while back, but Robert Morse, uh, the great character actor, uh, most known as Burt Cooper on Mad Men, which is the best show of all time. Yep. Um, uh, he died recently um, at a ripe old age, I, I believe. I think he was, he was getting up there. Yeah. Uh, like late 80s. Um, but really great character. So good on Mad Men. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't really know... What else is he in so, other than Matt? So he pops up in a lot of stuff, but he's mostly he was the lead in the How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying movie from oh, okay. the 60s, 70s. Sure. I've seen the clip of him doing the Brotherhood of Man song before because I think that song is real. Hoot. Oh, is that a musical? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's great. Uh, oh, funny. The, uh, uh, Daniel that, Radcliffe that, played that, the role. And who? Daniel Radcliffe played on Broadway in the last oh, like, 10 years. Oh, fun. Yeah. Uh, um, sorry, you're saying something? I say that explains because he has. His last episode of Mad Men, he has a musical number. Right. Um, I forget which song. It uh, is. It's the Moon Belongs to Everyone. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, it's because his character dies, and then Dawn has like a vision of it. I guess spoilers for Mad Men. But yeah. No one. No nobody. Ever nobody likes Mad, Mad Men, Men ever again. And it also came out like ten years ago. That's also a very very mild spoil. Like you don't know what's gonna. Ha- it's it's fine. It's, yeah. An old man dies in Mad Men. You will That's the least crazy. You thing will be able happens. to thoroughly enjoy this show without. Like we still haven't watched that. Anyway, I'm not he gonna leave it out. Musical number, so it makes sense. It's a really beautiful moment. Oh, I it's feel great. Like. Yeah. yeah, and he really does that. He really sings the hell of it, performs the hell of it. Yeah, because apparently he's a he's been doing Broadway. Yeah, and it just time. had me thinking about character actors in general. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and, and someone like Robert Morris, especially. He's you think of like the great character, like Steve Buscemi. Yeah, it's funny. I think of Buscemi as well, but he kind of graduated beyond character actor from um, with Boardwalk Empire. With Boardwalk Empire, he got a lead. Yeah, and and you, so there's there's a big character. I mean, I feel like Forrest Whitaker was a character actor for a while until he won an Oscar. Yeah, um, uh, you know, guys who are just like a, have like a kind of a weird energy, but then you got guys like Robert Morris who've just been like popping up in little things. You know, like like one I thought about in Talented Mr. Ripley, James Reborn, who played uh, Dickie's dad. Right. Yes. He's just one of those guys who's just so good, like so good in everything, just pops up all the time. Yeah. Oh, and also his like fixer guy. Yeah, Philip Baker Hall. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's another great character actor who's like not going to be on that like Buscemi level. Yeah. But he's just been killing it for for 
for well, I mean for decades in Phil Baker Hall's case. Yeah, and there's also just like working actors. Yeah. Like guys who pop up. It's funny, my dad is really good at pointing these guys out. Right. I think I think it's like a dad energy thing that, that all dads just know how to do. Yeah. But like, I remember like watching like, you know, like TNT or something with my dad and him just being like, Oh, that guy, I know that guy. And then he'd like think of the movie and then that movie would come on. You know, be like, that guy's in like Hunt for Red October and then Hunt for October and be like he'd be like in the background as just like one of like the oh. summary guys and be like you know, it's just like this thing you just you just watch these kind of movies. Oh, they show up. Again. I do that. I do that. But for me, it's Spot the Madman actor. <laughs> right, right. I, lo- I love playing Spot the Madman <laughs> actor because they're all over the place. My mom does that with The Wire. Yeah, yeah. She just like can can spot him like she anywhere. Just, <laughs> that Stringer Bell. It's like yes. Okay, well that one's <laughs> easy. Very famous mother. Right, but like all the other actor, it's quite the ensemble. You've seen The Wire. Yes. I yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't need to tell you. The Wire is great. Yeah, it's it's very good. It's not as good as Mad Men, but that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's close. Yeah, it's very good. Both. I mean, both shows i constantly hear people talking about how they couldn't get into it for the same reasons basically right although i will say more people i feel like get eventually get into the wire because if you make it to like episode four of the wire it's just like fun and cool and sharp and like and there's like you know people die and there's like drug shit going on whereas like mad men like episode one is a pretty good description of what the whole show is going to be yeah, episode one is maybe one of the best and most engaging pilots ever made so and i wouldn't on board with that yeah and that funny i wouldn't even rank in the top like 20 of Mad Men episodes too no well it, yeah because Mad Men gets a lot better by the end of season one and then after season one it's like full full Mad Men. exactly it's 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 both a show that like you have to stick through the first season for it to get better but also has an incredible first season yeah exactly it's yeah season one yeah, it's it's a lot. They rely a lot more on the like, ooh, isn't it crazy? We're in the '60s stuff. Like, there's a lot of just like kind of there's a, a like a scene will sh- like start with a shot of a woman smoking, like a pregnant woman smoking. Yeah, right. w- women smoking is not weird. <laughs> yeah, women pre- still smoke now. Yeah, pregnant women still smoke now. But like, it's it's certainly frowned upon. Yeah, a pregnant woman smoking and drinking. Right. Yeah. It's so funny, like, that was the discourse around Mad... I, I guess they were doing Mad Men talk, but, like, I, yeah. the discourse around Mad Men for, like, years was just, like, isn't it crazy how they drink at work? And it was, yeah. just, and it was like, this very dense, very interesting, very funny drama. Yeah. Like, I feel like there was a following on, like, Twitter that was, like, got all the jokes and was, like, very, like, kind of memeing about how, like, how, like, Mad Men was a very fun and engaging show. But, like, in yeah. the culture, it was, like, oh, that show that wins a lot of Emmys and has that handsome man in it? I'm, like, yes, but it's so much more. Yeah. <laughs> I do think the critics like locked into the promise of Mad Men pretty early. Like, yes. Like AV yeah. Club. Was oh, yeah. Like, they, had, they had, I mean, some of the best AV Club coverage ever is because it's Matt Slower Sites, right? No, Sites no, was it, covering for Vulture. Oh, I think it was Dowd was covering for AV Club, but I maybe have his book somewhere. It also might be. Uh, um, um, I have the Zoller Sites book here. I mean, it's the same three critics. I think you're right. We, I think you're right. Yeah. We gravitate. But I, I do want to shout out Sites' uh, Mad Men coverage because I think it's just some it's of the so best good. criticism ever written uh, for TV, certainly. Yeah. Um, especially that's like season five and on where he's just like doing like pages on every episode. Yeah. Um, and they're like incredible writing. Yeah. And they're actual kind of like anal- they're analytical. They're actual analysis, like kind of scholarly analysis of Mad Men episodes, which is uh a thing I miss in TV discourse. Yeah, I think there's this thing of like there's just less recaps now. You know, it's real, and the recaps kind or of the gravitate recaps are like towards re- fandom. Like, a yeah, little more. and the recaps often are like literally recaps. Right. As it, there was a point where the recaps were kind of like almost scholarly papers on the episode. Yeah. And now it's just like this is what happened. In the episode. Yeah. Well, I think there was like when when there was less TV, you could cover everything, so it was just sort of like you know every critic would get a shot to kind of do their version of it. And now I think it's a little more com- commoditized of like okay, like you know the fans want you to just be like. And then Larry tripped on a shoe. We all hate Larry. Wasn't it crazy when Loki did that thing that Loki does? <laughs> I actually really liked Loki. 
I thought it was a very good show. You low key liked low key. No, I high key liked low key. High key low key. High key low key. High key low key. That sounds like <laughs> some sort of Swedish song, <laughs> or just like a uh, a key focused episode of Highbrow Lowbrow. <laughs> high key low key. Horror <laughs> movies about keys. Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> I don't think there's a key in that. I thought she was looking for a key. Uh, she's oh she has to get the, doesn't she have to get a key out of the frog? She has to get like it's like no, it's a rock. It's like rocks frog. and stuff. She said she has to, it's like three tasks. She has to accomplish three. No, there's. They're like orbs or balls because I remember one of them is yeah, like yeah I know they're co- the rock the the frog coughs up a rock right I'll be honest I forget some of the specifics Pan Labyrinth it's tough yeah I don't think the key what are movies that have keys this is this is actually tough now I mean there's a movie like the skeleton key which is like a horror movie yeah probably involves a key uh key Largo key Largo yeah there Florida we go. keys <laughs> good Humphrey Bogart movie yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we were talking about character actors, uh, but I guess we, I don't know. We just sort of wanted to like give a little credit. Oh, yeah, Robert Morris is great. Robert Morris is great, and <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot we like went into like a fugue stage to talk about <laughs> Mad Men for ten minutes. Uh, it just you know want to give credit to some of those guys out there and some of those girls out there. You know, I feel like Margot Martindale. Oh, I love Margot Martindale, and 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 Dad were both in that zone before they started to break out in TV. Talented a little character bit. actress and fugitive from the law, Margot Martindale. Yep. <laughs> uh. You know, they're great. We love them. Um, and want to give a little credit. And yeah. uh, it does kind of dovetail into our next uh, segment, which is TV actors versus movie actors. Right. Because a lot of these are kind of, a lot of them are kind of character actors that graduated to movies. Yeah. So we're just talking about um, it used to be more of a thing about how, like, kind of siloed TV actors and movie actors were. Cause, like, right. TV, you were kind of like trash, and you couldn't, and you weren't allowed to go up to like the highbrow movies and right. movie people. You would never deign to go down to the TV. Right. If you were a movie actor, you ended up in TV. Like you were like a you bomb. fucked up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You were. Yeah. Anyway, and I think it's because like the money definitely wasn't as good in TV for a long time. Yeah, and certainly the prestige, and also because like I mean, wherever in the eighties, like even the the video quality of TV was just really bad compared to a movie. So yeah. it made, it just wasn't as much of an artistic medium. Right. Uh, but now because like HD, everything's HD. And there's more talent. There's more effort. There's more money and time being put into TV to make it a little better. Yeah. Also that, um, um, and, and there's not to say there weren't TV shows that were pushing the envelope over the years, but broadly TV yeah. was kind of trash for a long time. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And a lot of the good TV is kind of like elevated trash. It'd be like X like X Files was like good, but it's also a TV show. Right, it was very much right. right. You, we remember the X Files episodes that were the exceptions, the really clever, very well written, very tense ones. But there were a lot of like you know, oh no, the donut monster. <laughs> There's a lot of shitty X Files episodes. <laughs> People forget to tell you that when they're talking about how great X Files is. I would love it if someone put together like a. Uh, like a watch list for X Files that you could like watch the show and get the plot and watch the best like one off episodes, but not have to watch all the filler. Weirdly, I'd say because I've watched maybe the first two or three seasons. Yeah. I'd say I would stay away from all of the main episodes and only do the monster, the, the good monster of the week episodes. That makes sense. Yeah, because um, shit. What's who's the who's the Chris Carter? Is Chris Carter. I'd say all the Chris Carter written episodes stay away from. <laughs> That's I'd, funny because he created the show. Yes, yeah. that, but my hot take is he is our all the worst episodes of the X Files because that writers room is kind of legendary these days. Yeah, they're Vince wild. Gilligan is the va- big famous one. Um, yeah. if I remember correctly, um, I gotta like, look up the teams because there's one. I think Carlton Cuse came out of that maybe. Yeah. Um, I think Howard Gordon or not Howard Gordon, um, the guy who created Twenty Four, Howard Gordon, maybe. Um, I gotta look up who like the really good. Yeah, Howard Gordon. Um, and I think one of the. 
I think he also co-created uh, Ho- uh, uh, Homeland. I mean, yeah. definitely Vince Gilligan, right? Yeah, Vin, well, Vince it. Gilligan. Yeah, obviously is the most famous one. Um, I mean that, and then the Sopranos writers' room. I think is the other one that like launched. I mean, Matthew Weiner, Terrence Winter, uh, the brothers who created Damages, whose name escapes me at the moment because I've never watched Damages, but here it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, good ass show. But uh, anyway, so movies and t- movie actors and TV actors. Uh, it just, oh, it was sorry. It's, okay, it's uh, Darren Morgan is like the one of yes. the really good at writers. Well, his whole thing is that he doesn't do anything else. Yeah, like, he's kind of a recluse, and he just like he came back for the X Files reboot to just do an episode because like he just liked writing X Files. And then when X Files ended, he was like, I have enough money, I don't want to do anything else. Yeah, he did the he did the one with Peter Boyle, right? The the where he's like a psychic and yeah. he's seeing his own death. Yeah, I think that's. Clyde Buckman's Final Repose. Yeah, that's that's one of like a handful of episodes I've seen. That episode's great. Yeah, and he also did the one that's set in the freak show in Florida. Yeah, yeah. So it's like if you're actually that that is a good way to watch X Files. Is you just look up the the writing teams that you like the best and yeah. just watch their episodes. That because makes sense. The Monster of the Week episodes are pretty self contained, and they're if it's a good writer team, they're good. You're right. But then the the whole mythos stuff gets pretty gets pretty dense, boring. I have seen the first X Files movie and I did enjoy it. Oh yeah, I haven't um, seen any of them. Uh, I caught it on I think like TNT when I was a kid, and I was remember thinking it was pretty engaging. Um, I've heard the second one is not quite as uh, as good, yeah. but I haven't seen it. I can't judge. Uh, so yeah, TV actors, and movie actors. Yeah. Oh, and I was yeah. So for the TV, I feel like the first big kind of like. Sea change jump from TV to movies was Boardwalk Empire with Buscemi. I think I'm that was sh- a big one. I'm sure it's, I know it's happened before that, but yeah. he just felt like he was at the time it was seemed wild for him to be in it to have a TV show. Yeah, I mean, I'm I well, said maybe hey, look if you, if we if there's something if an example we're missing, you know, rate roof to subscribe and actually just let us know. We'll yeah. read on the podcast. We will read anything you send us on the podcast, uh, no oh, matter what. Just ever. Uh, no, yeah, if people send us stuff, yeah, yeah, I've said yeah. that, yeah, for sure, yeah, that's our that's our policy. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was just for that that <laughs> Instagram story, but in general, if somebody sends us anything, we'll say it. We'll we'll say it again with 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 exceptions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think Buscemi was a big, and maybe because he was like a, like a character actor, and he wasn't like didn't have like that movie star ego vibe thing. Yeah, I think that's why he was like he would have. That's why he did it. Yeah. Uh, and he's, I mean, I haven't seen all Boardwalk Empire, but I've seen, he's, he's so good on that show. It's a good show. Um, you're right. Cause funny, I feel like the, the thing that really broke the wall down, like he was the first one and then you have big actors showing up in like TV shows and miniseries. But then I feel like true detective was like the biggest example right. of like now any, cause that was Matthew McConaughey right after he won an Oscar. Right. His follow up to winning an Oscar was true detective. Yeah. That was pretty big. Um, so I feel like that was like, and, and funny enough, like everyone thought that like the pitch of true detective was like, what if a detective story with movie stars? Yeah. But apparently they sold it. It's actually the, the, the two timelines is the, is the hook. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I forgot about that aspect of it. Cause if, when I remember true detective, I'm like, Oh yeah, it's the two timelines. It's flat circle. It's all yeah. that stuff. And then I, I, I totally forgot, I guess. Cause also like I haven't seen, Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson and anything lately. Right. So well, I mean, Woody Harrelson was on in your favorite movie of all time, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is so insane. <laughs> I caught part of it on a plane. He's so insane in it, but like not in the way you would think. Like it's not like an unhinged insane guy. It's like a actually just weird guy. <laughs> I love Woody Harrelson so much. He's so good. Uh, and McConaughey's great yeah. as well. Yeah. True Detective 1 is one of the best seasons of TV ever. Yeah. True Detective 2 is not good. <laughs> but I think, so you mentioned this when we were texting, that uh, 
there's still actors who won't go to TV. There right. is still an elite or exceptional club. Yeah. And it, funny enough, I feel like True Detective with McConaughey felt like the end of that club. But then, like, he, I don't think he, he didn't go back to TV, from my understanding. And then there's still, like, this little zone of people who are not going to do yeah, it. Yeah, but I mean, it's like Bennett Cumberbatch is never going to do a TV show. Has he done a TV show? Yeah, he's famous for that. He's Sherlock. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> he does TV occasionally. I don't, funny, I don't know if he's done anything recently, but I'm sure he showed up. Oh, he up graduated up? Yeah, yeah. He started I, in, well, no, he did movies too, because he was in like Atonement and stuff early on. Okay, well, and I then, already fucked this up. Yeah, he was going back. Okay, uh, uh, Denzel Washington. Oh, yeah. Well, he's not going. He's so famous. Right. Tom Hanks, uh, Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith now might, may, could probably use a miniseries. He should be in the slap. Yeah. Season <laughs> part two. Uh, you know, if Will Smith produces season two of the slap, starring himself and recreates the Oscar slap and uh, makes it like a drama about the I'd forgive Will Smith Actually, if he that, did all of that. I wouldn't forgive him, but that'd be pretty interesting. It'd be, it'd be like the act of killing, but with Will Smith. Yeah. It's, that's exactly what I'm pitching. <laughs> I would... I would I would go ninety percent of the way to forgiving Will Smith. I would I would I would pretty much get there. I think if it was good, yeah. If it was like great television, yeah. <laughs> um, I really wish we could bleep me thinking that Benedict Cumberbatch would never <laughs> saying that Benedict Cumberbatch would never do TV. <laughs> to be fair, I since he became Doctor Strange, I don't think he's on TV. But that's also because he's working in movies a lot. I mean, it's also like, well, this is the funny thing is. Okay, now now I'm creating a new category, which okay. is people have graduated and probably wouldn't go back. Like, I don't think Chris Pratt is going to do a TV show again. Right, exactly. He's very much in like that elite zone right now. It's, Although, funny it, enough, it's Chris Evans has done TV. What did he do? He did uh, Defending Jacob. Uh, it was an Apple miniseries oh, about shit. like his like son gets accused of murder. Oh. Yeah, it was like an early Apple uh, TV Plus show that I've heard is actually very good. I just yeah. haven't gotten around to it well, yet. Oh, shit. I guess I don't know anything. But, like, you're right. No, so Pratt is in that zone that, like, wouldn't, that is not going to do TV. Judy Dench ain't doing no TV. No. Judy Dench, I mean, although Maggie Smith did TV. God damn it. <laughs> but they are different people. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's a really tight. It's tough. It's a, it's a, it's a tightrope walk I'm on. <laughs> I think the Brits in general will do TV because right. the Brits just like to act. Like British actors are like very like actorly. True. Uh, if that makes any sense. Like, like Colin Firth is in a new miniseries that's coming out this week. Yeah. Um, whereas I think the Americans will probably be a little more. Like Mark Wahlberg, I think probably would not do a TV show. Um, is he Wahlberg's? Uh, I'm oh, sorry. He does like the documentary shows about himself. Oh, Walgrove's okay. Yeah, it's a documentary. Yeah, yeah. But he, I don't think he's gonna do it just because he wants to be like a movie star, and that's yeah. like his, and he's very good at it. Yeah. Um, whereas star, my shining star. It's a very uh, uh, it's a small list. And now that I'm thinking of it, because yeah, like, smaller. Yeah, because I mean, there's just a lot of really good material in TV, and there's less and less movies. Period. Like yeah. at all. There's like there's like some of the Oscar stuff at the end of the year. There's the Marvel, there's the franchise stuff, and there's kind of not a lot else. Or like what about um Timothy Chalamet? Like he wouldn't has he done any TV? Not that I can recall. I think he's been only in movies. I feel like he seems like he would just be a movie guy. Yeah. But I, I, and then again, maybe there's this like kind of these older actors, like the older actors come from the like come from the era when you Doing TV was was like low class. You wouldn't do it, so yeah. they're less likely to. And maybe these younger actors, they'll flip in between more. Exactly. And then I, I think I could definitely see Xiaomi like ending doing a miniseries eventually. But it would probably yeah. be one of those like you know a a, a, a capital F filmmaker, you yeah. know, like doing a miniseries. You well, know, the miniseries like, also kind of makes it easier because you're just in and out. Right. Exactly. You're not like trapped on a TV show. Trapped. You're not like stuck on a TV yeah, show. I would love to be trapped on a TV show. Because <laughs> funny, you do see that sometimes of like actors who get upset that their shows. 
uh, are still around. Yeah. And like, well, I complain that like they can't graduate to movies. Yeah. And though now we have, you know, obviously movie actors who can't find work in movies because they're not as so many movies going back to TV. Yeah. It's, Actually, yeah. And that reminds me of the opposite, which is like Tobey Maguire graduating to movies in the middle of that 70s show and just fucking it up. Tobey Maguire? Not Tobey Maguire. The other one. Oh, Topher Grace. Topher Grace. Yeah. Well, to be fair, they, to be they, fair, they, they both look very the same similar. movie and they look like the same guy. Right. I mean, I think I think Topher Grace was explicitly cast. It feels like he was cast as Venom in Spider-Man Three because he looks like Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Uh, but they are different people. I'm I'm re- I'm doing really bad. At it. <laughs> it's early, although less early than the one yeah. that started. <laughs> yeah, that's how time works. Um. Anyway, the other thing I want to shout out is um the most famous TV to movie actors. I mean, Will Smith has to be number one. Oh, like yeah. Huge I forgot that he came from TV. Fresh Prince. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis uh, for Moonlighting. Johnny Depp for Hill Street Blues. Um, or no, not no, Hill Street not Blues. Uh, 21 Jump Street. Street. Yeah, yeah now Hill Street Blues is a different thing. Uh, I mean, that has, has to be the trifecta. I mean, Pierce Brosnan, maybe. Remington Steele to James Bond. But yeah. no. Brosnan, who I think is an incredible actor. Not as big now. Not as big as... And never as big as like Will Smith. Honestly, Bruce Willis is not as big now either. Yeah. He was just so big. Well, you know, he had the um, he's had the health issues recently. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah which, yeah. Uh, you know, a shame because I think he's Aphasia? such an interesting... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A cognitive issues, which is... A, 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 you know, our heart goes out to... To Bruce, because he's oh, such yeah. an interesting actor. What a good actor! Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, underrated. Bruce, you ever seen Moon, Moonrise Kingdom? Yeah, really underrated Bruce Willis performance in that movie. Oh, I forgot he was in that. He's just like the. Um, I don't even remember the role, but like he's just like he's looking out for the kid because like social services is coming, and right, like Bruce he... has this like very like violent reaction to them coming. Like he's got to protect. Like he just has this protect. Like I don't even think they explain it, but he just really wants to make sure the kids are okay. Oh, that's good. And it's like this very like cool little like energy he has. Nice. Um, have you ever watched Moonlighting? Moonlighting? No. Moonlighting's fun. I've heard it's very good. Yeah. Um, it, it helps you with like Bruce Willis and also Sybil Shepherd. I've heard is is pretty good. On She's that very show. good in it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's no- kind of the same premise as Schitt's Creek. Is it? It's, what is what is what is Moonlighting about? So Sybil Shepherd is a model, and her like financial planner steals all her money, and she, when she was rich, she bought this PI company. <laughs> and it's one of the assets that she has left. And okay. Bruce Willis runs the PI company, and then she goes to work for the PI company because she doesn't have any money anymore. Oh, it's actually Shit's Creek. <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I, I knew it was like a PI company. I didn't realize that it was, and it was like sort of a like he's the wild cool guy, and yeah. she's like the uptight pretty girl. And yeah, like, and uh, and the whole thing is that it's kind of like there's just sexual tension between them the entire time. It's right. like I think what it's kind of remembered for. Right. I think that was. Yeah, that's all. That's all I know about it is Bruce yeah. Willis and the. And it's that. funny. They really had to go through a lot of hoops to figure out how could a woman this beautiful work at a PI company. <laughs> yeah, it's a real sweaty pilot. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that's all. Uh, I all I got really on on TV actors and movie actors is that you know there's really a handful that you know that that won't do it um but i wanted to bring like david caruso just as a very famous example mm-hmm. of like someone who tried to get out of tv early yeah uh which i think you see i mean that was a very he was on mipd blue oh this is like somewhat well it was like a 90s thing and he, he was like i'm too famous for Isn't this he also I quit. In csi miami well that's the thing that was him okay. coming back from movies. Oh. oh right it was like a very famous th- like I, I i was on some list of like the biggest career mistakes he was like the star of him went to pd blue which is like the biggest tv show in the 90s yeah and he left halfway through season two he's like i'm a movie star now and then like turns out he wasn't a movie star then yeah uh, and then he came back to see us on miami it was like a big hit. and i think just some actors are just like better suited for 
like TV. Yeah. And that's fine. I mean, I think he's, I like David Caruso on CSI Miami. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a living meme. He's I great. mean, Ellen Pompeo is kind of like another one. Oh, yeah. Whereas they start off in movies, went to TV, and had insane success in TV. Right. And that's where, I mean, funny, I was thinking of uh, Ben McKenzie as just sort of like an all time great TV actor. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Ryan from the OC. Mm. He goes that, and then Southland, which is really good. And, and then, then Gotham. Right. Yeah. 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 Just some guy who's just like, David Boreanaz. Yeah. Boreanaz. 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 Aurora Borealis. Aurora Borealis. <laughs> I actually don't pronounce his name. Like another guy who's just been on the lead of a TV show forever. Yeah. Some guys are just like, just own that. Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. Well, Zoe came from movies. Yeah, I know. She came from movies, went yeah. to TV, and had greater, and just, arguably greater success in TV. I would say, because I think she was always like well liked and respected in movies for sure. Yeah. I think I think 500 Days of Summer is probably like the apotheosis of that. Yeah. And she's very good in that. Yeah. But I think she in New Girl, she's, I mean, New Girl's a great show and she's great in it. And it's so good at like har- a show I've never seen and don't know yeah, what it is. Never and, seen or heard of. Right. Exactly. But it's, it's very good at harnessing her specific energy, I think. Yeah. Uh, which I think is one was, thing TV can do really well. Yeah. And, and yeah, it started off being really sold on her energy and they kind of moved away from that a little bit and she right. became part of the ensemble and then became a lot better. Which is, I think, all com- all great comedies eventually become that. Yeah. Of uh, just like, let's just hang out with these cool guys. Uh, how are we on time? I have to uh, go to work eventually. Yeah, we got to wrap up. We got to wrap up? Okay, awesome. Cool. Let's do some recommendations. <laughs> recommendations. Recommendation. <laughs> recommendations. <laughs> Cooper. What do you recommend? What do you recommend? I recommend Ghost World by Daniel Klaus, not the movie Ghost World by Terry Swigoff. Although I do love that movie, it's a great movie. But I'm recommending the comic by Daniel Klaus. <laughs> Tell us about Ghost World by Daniel Klaus. It's a good it's comic. It's about two high school girls who are friends. They are kind of getting older and kind of diverging in what the kind of adult women they will become, and discovering that maybe they're not as good of friends. They're not going to be as good of friends as they were. And they're kind of figuring out what they're going to do with their lives. And it's kind of about the pain of growing up and figuring out what you're going to do after high school. And it's very good. Mm-hmm. Daniel Klaus is a great cartoonist. He also did uh, Art School Confidential, which became a movie. Mm-hmm. Although I realized I was so I was just reading about Daniel Klaus yesterday. And Art School Confidential is just a four-page comic that's part of 8-Ball, which was his comic series. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it makes sense that the movie... From what I've heard, the movie is like kind of all over the place. Yeah. And it makes sense because it's based on just ba- almost nothing. Right. It's, yeah, they yeah. just had to take the idea and... Yeah, they just had the that. idea of art school. Yeah. And like a grumpy take on art school. <laughs> and they made that into a full movie. Yeah. I, um, I've, heard, I've heard it's good. I actually don't know much about it. I remember when it came out. It was in, yeah. in a while ago now. Jesus, I was in high school. Yeah, I think, I think it's also Zweigoff, and it's got John Malkovich in it. I do remember the John Malkovich, because I remember that great joke from the trailer of him like drawing triangles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we should, maybe we could do that on the podcast. Uh, art School Confidential? With, I don't know, something else about Art School? <laughs> or con- LA Confidential. <laughs> LA, LA Confidential and Art School, art school confidential. confidential. There we go. Confidential. It would be cool to do LA, LA Confidential. I would love to do LA Confidential. It's maybe one of my favorite movies. That's a great movie. Also, I feel like kind of a... Not a forgotten movie, but like not a movie you hear about a lot. Yeah, uh, it's a wheel. I I hope it gets. Uh, I remember. Yeah, it, weirdly, I feel like we can remember it. John. If it got like a Criterion edition of like, hey, remember this cool ass movie that came out? You know, there should be a Criterion of that. I I agree. It's a good ass movie. Um, my recommendation is um, uh, a series of video games, really. But uh, Super Giant Games is a video game developer, um, and they just do like really interesting kind of artsy games. Uh, Bastion was their first one, which I adore. That came out in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, Hades is the most recent one, which I've played like oh, okay. so many hours of Hades. I remember that. Hades is so good. And then I just took down with the, one of the other ones, Transistor, I was playing a little bit in the last week. Uh, they just Their games are really uh, inventive, very cool, like 
uh, uh, like gameplay mechanics that feel very uh, innovative and very interesting in ways I haven't seen before. Um, that's an art style that's really beautiful. That's something I always like yeah. in games, like interesting gameplay mechanics versus attempts at storytelling. Right. I think, and funny, what I think is very good about the Supergiant games, they think their stories are very good, but they're not like just, you know, fight, cutscene, fight, cutscene. It's like, it's sort of built into the world itself. Yeah. And just sort of uncover what has been going on. Yeah, that's It doesn't what slow I, down. That's how I think video games are usually most effective as storytelling mediums is when they're media is when you're actually playing the game to figure out the story as opposed to playing the game and then listening to the story. Right. I think, yeah, like cutscenes are like the worst way to tell yeah. stories in video games. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, Bastion, Transistor, Pyre, which I haven't played, and Hades are their four games. All four of them, are, the three I've played are fantastic. Uh, just really cool. They're, and they're all like, on the cheaper side because they're not like, you know, like AAA expensive games. Right. Um, so and, you're recommending this video game company? Yes. I'm recommending all four of their games. Well, all the three I've played. Is this, is this our first ad? Oh, <laughs> 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 well, it's I was going to recommend Transistor because I just started playing it. But yeah. I'm like, I really haven't played that much of it. And I just felt weird because I've only played like an hour and a half. Yeah. But then I was like thinking about how much I love Bastion. And then, you know, how obviously I sunk like hundreds of hours in the Hades. Yeah. Uh, and no, I think it's good, right? I just think they're. You know, they're cool, and I like giving support to companies that are doing something a little different out there. So, Super Giant Games, uh, if you're looking for some cool shit, I nice. play them. Uh, is that all? That, that's have, it. Do we have to go to work now? I, I certainly do. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening. Love this one. Rate, review, subscribe, share follow, our shit. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. I guess don't follow us on Twitter. Do we? we, have, we, we have we updated the Twitter? Not in a while. It just we would get zero like yeah things, and so, it didn't seem worth it. And also, yeah. Twitter is bad for your soul. So yeah, stand away from it. HBLB uh, podcast on all social media. Yeah, and uh, yeah, goodbye Bye forever. forever.